Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, our final guest this morning is Emmett Creighton from Lintel, and he has recently secured €250,000 in investment from Enterprise Ireland. Emmett joins me now to discuss the concept behind this prop tech venture. Emmett, professionally speaking, you actually hail from a legal background. I do, Carl, I do. I, and a bit more than that, I have a bit of a property background. I mean, if we take it right back, my, my dad was a builder, so I've seen the property process from the building side, the buyer side, the seller side. And then I trained as actually a corporate lawyer in a large corporate law firm up in Dublin. And my job was to work for private clients. So high net worth, non-tax resident people who would buy properties in and around Ireland. And from that legal background is where the kernel of this idea came from. Provide us with an insight into that and how it triggered the idea for the business. So what I would do on a daily basis is I'd receive instructions from people who weren't based in Ireland would like to buy large stately homes in Ireland, say a castle in, in Limerick or something like that. And what they'd ask me to do is is basically have the keys on my desk for when that person came to Ireland so they could fly in, grab their keys and go down to their new house. Now, if you think about how the normal person on the street buys a house, they're basically their own project manager. They have to deal with their bank, their insurance company, their lawyer, um, the surveyors, the utility providers, the estate agents, all of that good stuff that everyday person on the street has to do themselves. Now, when you have the money, you can employ like I was as a lawyer, you can have them do the entire transaction, but it's really, really expensive. So what I thought when I was working is if I could provide a digital way of providing this to everybody in Ireland and and further afield, there might be a good business here. And more so, it might alleviate some of the stresses and pressures in, in you know, that you go through when you're buying your home, either your first or your second, you know. So how does Lintel actually work? So what we do is we provide a virtual home buying assistant and those assistants basically act as a concierge to help home buyers through the often complex, stressful and expensive process of buying a house. And when you sign up to Lintel, you're assigned a virtual assistant and that assistant then answers all of the questions you have about the home buying process. It informs the home buyer so that they can avoid all of the pitfalls that people tend to fall in if they've ever bought a house in the past or if they're doing it for the first time. And then what it does is goes out to the market and it finds the best value service providers. And when I say service providers, I mean mortgages, insurance products, solicitors, surveyors, utility companies, movers, you name it. We go out to the market, we find the best value services on the market, and then we inform the user of what is on the market and what they can get for their money, saving them hundreds, if not thousands of euros over the course of their property purchase. And in terms of the technology itself, which underpins the business, what are you deploying? This is an interesting question because typically over the last couple of years, there's been a shift from uh, desktop internet to mobile. And you'll often hear people say mobile first in all aspects of business. And I know a lot of your listeners will be business driven type people and in 2019 more commerce was done on mobile phones than was done on the normal internet so when we started this business we had one thing in mind how do we make this so that it's mobile driven and it can be scaled internationally and it can be scaled for thousands and thousands of numbers so one of the technologies now available to companies like ours is um, decision making algorithms and artificial intelligence 
and, and chatbots and conversational commerce. And they're basically the building blocks of what we're delivering to the market. Um, last year and the year before, Facebook and Harvard Business School did a great study on where is the next paradigm shift in how spending habits and people's behaviors online. And what they predict is that people will move from mobile, from doing business on a mobile phone, just looking at a website, to doing business in a conversational type manner. And the phrase has been coined conversational commerce. And you'll see that these are the reasons why WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger and these types of businesses have now got huge valuations because this is the way people want to do business in the future. And Emmett, what's involved for your company then to educate those particular bots, to provide them with the information and the knowledge to be able to answer those queries for your clients? The backing of any real technology is built on an expert knowledge of your industry sector. So my own experience in in property and in law, and then the market research we did before we launched our very first product, we spoke to over 2,000 service providers in Ireland, brokers, solicitors, agents, and now to date we've over 5,000 users using our platform. And all of that interaction and all of those conversations build our data set so it's learning all of the time and getting faster and more efficient and more useful for the home buyer as we go along. And Emmett, what is the revenue model that underpins this business? So we're a lead generation company so our primary revenue driver is creating sales qualified leads for our panel partners. Our panels are made up of solicitors, mortgage brokers, banks, insurance companies, moving companies. And what they do is for every lead we generate for those companies, they pay us a fee. Now, the fees we charge, we feel are competitive. Um, but if you think about business generation for those type of companies, it typically follows the same old routes. They do Google ads, they do Google SEO, they do social ads, they do traditional advertising, and they do word of mouth. Now, lots of the businesses we work with do word of mouth. And word of mouth is it's entirely unpredictable. And, and a lot of these businesses cannot predict how many new business opportunities they're going to get each month. And what our business can do, it's reliable, sales-qualified leads at a volume that they want and can afford, and it's regular, and they get customer service off the bat as well. And coming from a legal and property background, was it a big transition for you to enter the world of business and technology? And what was the biggest challenge that you had to overcome? Well, to be honest, it was a huge change, Carl. I mean, I naively started this feeling that I had advised some business customers. And to be honest, what spurred me to become an entrepreneur was my own father's background. And then working for my clients who'd come in and I'd have a great rapport with them, but they'd be all very various entrepreneurs from every walk of life. And, you know, I was working for them and I was working long hours and they were paying me. So I was basically an employee of my clients, um, as with any solicitor. So I felt like, you know, these are the guys that are really the change makers in the industry. And I thought, okay, I will give this a go. I have some experience of, of legal work and business law. I'll be fine here. But it was a, it's a wholesale change. And your question, what was the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge for, coming from a legal profession is that you, you have to be extremely risk adverse as a lawyer. Your job is to protect the interests of your client. Now, that's diametrically opposed to an entrepreneur. You have to be a risk taker. You have to venture into the unknown and do things that nobody's done before 
with no guarantee of success. And our investors from, you know, we have them worldwide. And what they're banking on is my ability to take risks, take calculated risks, and have them risks pay off. Because if we're just doing what everyone else has done before, well, then we'll see no real growth and no real change in the industry. Now, you've recently established two very interesting partnerships with both DAF.ie and FPD. Provide us with an insight into those and the benefits that they've brought to your business to date. So the challenge with any startup is to establish a reputation and trust within the market. Um, And, you know, a lot of businesses will come and go that can never get a foothold because, you know, nobody's ever heard of you. Marketing's expensive. And even if they do hear of you, do they trust you? Would they buy from you? Will they work with you? So from the outset, we thought, okay, we have developed this really cool piece of technology that will help people buy homes. And then we thought, if we want to get in front of all of the people in Ireland, how will we do that? So we knew we needed a distribution partner, let's say. And uh, and once we start working with people in the industry, in fairness to DAS, they came and, and contacted us and said, guys, we like what you're doing. Our job is, you know, basically leading prop tech in Ireland for the last 20 years. So we'd like to have a look at what you're doing. And it's that partnership formed over the last couple of years and, and hopefully will continue for the next couple of years. They've been... You know, they've been huge for us in terms of the, the, the relationships we've made throughout the industry have been built somewhat on the back of the fact that DAF trusts us with their customers. They've trusted us to be in a relationship for the last couple of years and for the next couple of years. So they've been a real change maker for us and an accelerator to our growth. SBD, similarly to DAF, are an established Irish company that has the trust of the public. They're probably the number one provider of mortgage protection insurance and home insurance policies in Ireland. And they are two uh, compulsory insurance policies that all home buyers need. So when we were starting our business, and we'll talk a little bit, I'm sure, about our business model, we knew that we would have lots and lots of customers that would need these policies. So when we approached FBD and said, this is what we're going to bring to the market, in fairness to them, they were like, we really like what you're doing. This is very innovative good Irish company, we want to get behind you. And, and the relationship has gone from strength to strength since then, you know. Now, I think, Emmett, they're two very, very clever partnerships, but explain to us how the commercials work with those two companies. Yeah, so it, it's really important to consider your business model um, in, in our line of work because the people who are buying houses are stretched to the limit. And I mean, no doubt most of your listeners will understand that property prices are going up and up and up. And anyone buying a house is usually right to the max of what they can spend. So we knew if we started charging homebuyers to use our service, we wouldn't last long. So we decided early on in the process that our service had to be completely free of charge. So then how are we going to get paid? How are we going to make this a commercial success? So what we decided to do was we have all these really good homebuyers that are using our service to get to the end of their journey. And what they need, SPD are selling. Okay, so insurance products, for example. So we said, if we could match these two together, the home buyers with FBD, well, then this would be a match made in heaven now because FBD are providing the lowest cost, best value policies, and our home buyers are looking for them. And they're bombarded with a myriad of ads for all the different insurance companies in Ireland. And it's often difficult to choose. Like when you're selling homogenous products like insurance, who do I go with? Okay, so what we decided early on is that. If we send good quality customers to FBD, they would pay us for that. And that's actually our business model across the whole suite of services we sell. So we sell 
are we generate leads for 14 different services that the home buyer will need on their home buying journey, including mortgages, insurance, lawyers, property surveyors, uh, utilities, gas, electricity, internet, bins, uh, moving services, storage. And as we introduce our customers to those services throughout their home buying journey, those companies then pay us a commission. But on top of that, they also provide a discount to all of our users because they know they're high quality customers and they're not just a click from Google. And the relationship with Daft is that we provide this service to Daft customers and in return, we share revenue with Daft. So throughout the last 20 years, Daft has established itself as the largest incumbent in Ireland, the best place to go and find your property. Um, but somewhat a victim of their own success because in 2019, they have every single property in the Irish market. So where are their growth opportunities? And they saw very early that a growth opportunity would be provide even more services to the home buyer. So they linked in with us. DAS customers then arise in Mintel. We take care of them. And then any revenue you make from the companies that service those customers, we share back with that. Very interesting. Now, Enterprise Ireland recently invested in Lintel. How will this investment be used and how will it aid your growth plans, Emma? Enterprise Ireland has been with us since we were an idea, really. And Enterprise Ireland has some great programs for startup companies. If anyone's ever interested, please reach out and I'm happy to share our journey. But when you get to a stage where you're looking for significant investment from a government organisation like that, um, you have to have a complex business plan and a detailed business plan in place and how it's going to grow. So um, and what Enterprise Ireland, their mandate is to grow jobs in Ireland and make sure that Irish businesses are growing and, and providing jobs to Irish you know, people who are living in Ireland or working from Ireland. Um, so basically, that's what the investment would be used for. We had planned to grow into the UK in Q1 2022. We've established some really high-profile partnerships in the UK, which we'll be announcing over the next coming weeks. And when we set that out to Enterprise Ireland and we showed them our growth trajectory, they basically said, what do you guys need? And there's a certain amount of expertise you need when you enter a new market, as most of your listeners will know. And it's expertise we don't have. And one of the things I've learned on this journey is the more you, you learn, the more you know you don't know. So the money will be primarily to hire staff to help us um, extrapolate as much value as we can from the UK market. And Emmett, in terms of international expansion plans, what markets will you be targeting? So initially, we're targeting English-speaking common law countries. And there's a simple reason for that. It's because it's easy to to uh, roll out your product without any language barriers. Now, interestingly, over the past couple of months, we've had inquiries from Chile, France, Spain, Italy, Germany, and Cyprus. Um, now, you know, best laid plans and all that. We had planned to do Ireland, the UK, Australia, South Africa, and then moving into North America once we got a bit of traction. Those plans have been accelerated somewhat with some of our European partners, and we're now developing into Germany, Spain, Italy over the next, I'd say, year to 18 months. And finally, Emmett, are you building this business to keep it or to sell it? I mean, with any with any startup, I mean, you always think, okay, I'll build this company and I'll sell it and I'll be wildly successful. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs get into the game for that. Now, I, you know, there's, there's, there is truth to that. But at the same time, I was hoping to change an industry that I had been working in for quite a number of years for the better. Um, as you get deeper into a company and you realize the amount of work you're putting in, there are days when you say, you know, 
let's build this and sell this. And then you're having <laughs> all the time, Carl. You know, you're like, oh my God, somebody come in and buy this from me in a couple of years so I can, I can think about the next idea. But I think most entrepreneurs have, it's never a shortage of ideas. And it's the execution. And I, I read a great quote somewhere. I'm not sure who said it, but some, somebody wildly successful, obviously. And they said, you know, a successful business is 1% the idea and then 99% perspiration. And I'm definitely, I veer between the both a lot of the time. I've no shortage of ideas. And working, building a company from the start in a new field with new technology is really, really hard. I mean, one of the saving graces is we've built a really good team with some really good experience on it now. So it doesn't feel like you're all alone in this sea, in this wilderness. So I, I think, to be honest, we're hoping to build value. What comes after that, I mean, is anyone's guess. There is a lot of activity, a lot of M&A activity in the prop tech sector. There's huge investments going into, into prop tech at the moment. So, um, if we were lucky enough to get to a stage where we were of interest to an acquirer, we would definitely take it seriously. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Emmett Creighton from Lintel. And I'd like to thank Emmett for sharing his success story with us this morning. And I've no doubt that the perspiration will pay off. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.